everybody. This is Stephanie Rupert. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we attempt to gain a deeper understanding of who we are so that we can transform our lives and our communities for the better. Now, today is episode 8X. Last episode, just a few days ago, we spoke with a woman named Steph Sassy, who talked all about science and science literacy, biases, ways in which we attempt to navigate the world and ultimately fail. And uh, we talked about a lot of very broad themes. And so today what I want to do, what I'm going to do is talk about biases, tell you, fill you in a little bit about some of my favorite <laughs> biases or some of the most important biases. And then also in order to demonstrate the extent to which we were all biased, and of course, we don't know this on a day-to-day -day basis, there are actually some things that you can do, some tests that you can take to demonstrate your biases to you online. And so I'll talk a little bit about all of that and about my own experience learning about my uh, implicit associations, which is, is the kind of test that I'll be talking about. Um, a few quick notes. I am working very hard to See, I am recording these both on audio and video. So if you want to watch on YouTube, you are more than welcome to. You can listen, of course, on uh, the majority of podcast streaming apps. But because I am recording audio and video, the audio quality is not quite what I would love for it to be. I'm working hard at it. And today, it's very windy in Oxford. It's like a stereotypical fall day. I, I record these a few weeks ahead of time. And a very blustery fall day, and there are geese and lots of wind. And so please bear with me, bear with us uh, here in the Oxford environs while we work through that. Uh, of course, uh, the podcast, I'm really excited. I actually first launched it. I first shared it with friends and uh, colleagues and my followers just a few days ago, again, because I am recording these early and it went really well. And I'm very excited. I'm really stoked to start getting your feedback, I am trying to strike a balance between a number of different things. I want to, simultaneously, I want to be very, very smart. I would like to, at least occasionally, as I mentioned in the show description, be entertaining, um, to be something that is relevant to your own personal life and your feelings and experiences, and of course, to have ideas, to talk about ideas that can help us, as I mentioned when I opened the show, transform our lives and our communities for the better. So I'll be having on a wide variety of guests. I am so happy to take recommendations. Uh, people will vary across the spectrum of different kinds of experiences and expertise they have, uh, but the foundational similarity will be some sort of mm, revolutionary insight, like an insight into, into who we are and the like. So please, of course, um, share your feedback with me. I am always excited for it. I will also begin starting with episode 10x so in two weeks i will begin the drawing for free books to give away uh, for people who have shared with me emailed to me uh, their reviews of the podcast so uh, get on that just write a review and email it take a snapshot of it email it to tmoeverything at gmail.com and that is that is that for my news now for the exciting stuff. I want to talk about bias. So uh, we all sort of know that bias is a thing and we talk about it in our culture um, and often will accuse 
a person singular of being biased, right? She's biased because of X, because of Y. The problem is, is that we are all ridiculously biased in many different ways all of the time. It's something that we talked about with Steph last week is the fact that we need to be really careful. We don't want to say, I want to overcome my biases. It would be nice, ideally. Or to think that once we learn about them or we try really hard to be objective, that we will then actually no longer be biased. But that's not the case. It is impossible to shed our biases. Here is one reason why. There are to date listed, categorized, 190 different ways in which human beings can be biased. 190 is so many. It's so many. And they range vastly, of course, in, in terms of what they are. There are many different ways to categorize them. And there is a lot of debate about how to categorize them. But generally speaking, uh, there are three broad categories. Memory uh, and decision-making biases. Decision-making biases are, are the most prominent. And then social biases. And so these are all very cognitive in a certain way. They have to do with our thinking, but they also have to do with our feeling. And there are things that we experience and feel and think without knowing it, period. Like all of us, period. So I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some biases that I think are really relevant. I just want to highlight them as important. Uh, and then we're going to talk about racism as an example of a way in which we're subconsciously affected. And hopefully that can, that can be important. And I think it's politically relevant. I kind of talked about this a little bit on the podcast last with Steph as well. Uh, so I made a list. I wrote, I wrote them down because, because there were too many. Uh, I want to start with some of my favorite cognitive biases. Uh, we, there's something called the gambler's fallacy or bias, I suppose. Uh, and that is the inkling we have to think that past events, our past luck will influence our future luck. And statisticians know this well, you know, people, we always think, well, if I rolled a one, then the chances of me rolling a two are better next time, right? Or a head or a tails, but it's not, you know, or if you have a hundred rainy days in a row, does that mean there's a better chance it'll be sunny tomorrow? It doesn't unless you look at the weather patterns, in which case then the, then the statistics are changed. But that's, that's, that's really important for the way that we plan our lives, right? And it's related to um, what they call it the hot hand fallacy. And again, it's a gambling analogy uh, where you think that if somebody is winning a lot, then they're going to keep winning. But that's a statistical error. Um, there's another one called, uh, cutely, the IKEA effect. And this, uh, this biases our feelings and our decision makings because if you invest energy into something, right, then, then, there's a, then there's a greater chance that you will be attached to it or biased towards it, um, of course, or think that it has a better chance at X, Y, and Z things. We can also see this in similar ways, uh, not quite the same thing, but people are become really attached this is less a bias but just a you know something to be aware of an attachment we become increasingly attached to things for which we have suffered in some way this is actually why hazing is such a thing in colleges and why it creates such it's a actually a significant piece of creating loyalty when you haze somebody and they have to go through a lot to be in a group then it feels earned and then you feel like you sacrificed so much to be a part of it and so you consistently stay 
a part of it. Um, identifiable victim effect. This is so important. So we have long known psychologists uh, and the like scholars that people, we have a much easier time identifying with a singular victim than, than several or thousands or millions. And we hear statistics and they don't make sense to us. So a million people slaughtered in some genocide or what have you. But if you see one image or one person or you read their story, it's much easier to empathize with a, with a singular individual. And so it's important to be aware of this when we're considering how we're going to be donating our money or spending our time because we need to do what we can to, to, correct, um, to correct for this. Uh, here is a very important bias, the Dunning-Kruger bias beginners tend to overestimate their abilities and experts tend to underestimate their abilities. Now this is because experts learn how much they don't know, right? The more you know, the more you know you don't know. And this is definitely true in academia. I see it all the time. I feel it in myself. The longer that I've been doing what I do, studying philosophy and, and related fields, the less and less I feel like I know anything and I'm not just, I don't just say that, like I literally feel like I don't know anything anymore, uh, but, but I definitely do. Um, and I, I remember when I first started learning Chinese, after my first semester in college, way, way back, uh, I thought that I was totally conversational. You know, I could talk about families and sports and, and what have you. And then after having lived in Beijing for a while and then later in Taiwan, I realized that I was just miles and miles and miles away from any sort of expertise period and would forever be. So that's just um, fascinating. And then, of course, so there are uh, social biases. Now, these have a little bit more to do with our instinctive feelings. And this is where why I want to talk about racism a little bit. Um, so. There were many kinds, I, so many kinds of social biases, and they're so important. Um, some, there's a group called attribution errors or fallacies. And basically, in these groups, we tend to think that people's successes or failures are, their failures are to blame for their personality and their successes, if we don't like them, are to be blamed on the environment, right? We're attributing their success and their failures to things that are not necessarily factual. And then we compare that to us, and for ourselves, we tend to attribute our successes to our personal personality traits, you know, our own will, our own efforts, and our failures, of course, to our environments. And that's like, that's a huge, contrast in how we see things. And we also, foundational to this is applying these ideas to groups. Because as a human species, right, we're a very social species and we evolved in tribes. This means that we developed means by which to have loyalty to our tribes that was really important for evolutionary success. And so we love our groups and we tend to not like other groups so much. And most, most people know this. Uh, in the literature, it's often called in-group, out-group uh, biases or thinking or behavior, what have you. So we tend to have a really strong preference for our in-group. And we will attribute our in-group success to our personality and our values. And we will attribute our, the out-group, their success to environmental circumstances or what have you. We will also tend to assume, and this is called the out-group homogeneity bias, we also tend to assume that people not in our group are like more the same 
they're all sort of the same, but people in our own groups have like diverse characteristics. And so these are all really, really important because we end up making blanket generalizations for people and things that we don't know very well. And they tend, we tend to underestimate people's abilities and to overestimate their flaws. And this is, this is just intrinsic. It's like basically intrinsic, something that is almost impossible to eradicate completely from the way that we operate because it's literally in our genes. And I know that culture is really important and we can, I fully believe that we can push back against these kinds of things, but they are deeply embedded in who we are. It takes a lot of work. And even then we need to always, always be careful. So I wanna use racism as an example. It's very highly politically charged right now and for good reason. You know, it's a very live and important issue. But there was a way to prove to people that they are in a sense racist. But I want to also elevate something that we should all think about. And I say this because a lot of the people, I come just politically, I'll put my cards on the table. I come from a very Republican background. And I am now, of course, surrounded by Democrats when I live in the States or um, other political parties, of course, when, when I'm not living in the States. And so I tend to be able to, I see, I see a lot of what happens in, in different communities. I also come from a, like I am very familiar with middle and lower middle working class neighborhoods and other higher class neighborhoods. And something we need to understand in the discussion about racism is intentionality, intent, right? So a lot of people think, we all tend to think being racist is bad. We tend to think that intentionally being malicious or having negative views is, is really, really bad. And in that sense, pretty much like a, the vast majority of people are not racist. There are, of course, plenty, and in current, the current political climate, there has been increasing, you know, aggression and um, visibility for these groups. Generally speaking, in the populace, most people are not intentionally causing any harm, but what we need to understand is that our racism, our collective racism is, it's all subconscious and can be very subtle. And then it comes out in ways that we might not understand unless we, unless we study them rigorously or exposed to them in our education. And so when we make accusations of racism, we need to be really careful because most people are not aware of it, you know, that, that they're behaving in a racist way. And when we're being called racist, we need to understand that this is like a, Part of, it's a part of our genes to struggle with this thing, and it's an, an inherited cultural product, like a really heavy cultural product that it just it rides on the back of, of our predispositions. So anyway, I don't want to talk too long. There is a test you can take online, and it doesn't, it's, it's about, it can show you biases in racism and also ageism and sexism. It's called the Implicit Associations Test, and it was put together by a series of researchers at Harvard, the University of Washington, the University of Virginia, uh, and they're called the Implicit Social Cognition Group. That's what, they, that's what they do. I will link to this in the show notes, but also if you Google Implicit Association Test, you will likely be able to find it, especially if you put Harvard at the end because it has a Harvard uh, domain name. In this test, I won't tell you too much about the details because I, I 
it's better if you don't know about it, if you haven't taken it yet. They use your reaction time to different words and how they, you associate them with different groups to tell you how subconsciously you associate certain groups with good things and certain groups with bad things. So the vast majority of Americans, including people of color, you know, have historically tend to, on this test, prefer whiteness. To make it, e to have it be easier to make associations with goodness. Now, of course, that, that happens much less often in communities of color, but, but it does also uh, there as well. You can take tests on, um, on Islam, on weight, you know, on whether you're biased about people who are slender and people who are, have higher body fat percentages. You can, there's a test to see if you associate weapons with race, which is fascinating. Uh, skin tone spectrum, uh, they have a test comparing your biases for Bill Clinton or Donald Trump, you know, and that just shows a political bias. And of course, uh, that is, is a nice test of biases that we have against Republicans or Democrats. And then gender, they have, do you associate women with home and men with the workplace? And do you associate men with science and women with the humanities? Uh, it can definitely, it can teach you these sorts of things and also your biases in terms of religions and in terms of disabilities. So anyway, I highly recommend going to just sort of like poke around and see how you do. Uh, there is a way that you can do better on these tests. You can sort of sneak around them. I am not going to give it away. Uh, you can ask, if you ask me personally, I'll tell you, but, uh, or ask me on Instagram or what have you, but it's better to, to not know how to make yourself ace these tests because then you get a clearer picture of who you are and who we are culturally. Um, and I think it's also really important to understand that we all carry, if not one of these biases, like some of them, most certainly all of us. And, and that can help us have empathy for people for people who we identify in particular ways. And it can also help us understand that if we are told or worried about our own experiences, that we're all in, in the same boat. And I, I think this is really important for us on a personal level and also a political level, which is why I wanted to talk about it today and fold it into this conversation uh, that we had last week with Steph about uh, biases and all sorts of uh, other brilliant things about the way humans think and feel. I've been talking for a long time. I promise these would be short, so I'm going to go. This was episode 8X. Please feel free to contact me on Instagram or Facebook at Stephanie Ruber if you have any questions. Uh, I am, as ever, eminently available to you. Please take care, and I will see you next time.